Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, once again to another live edition of the RF Sports Radio Show. I want to welcome everyone to the program. It is Tuesday, uh, November 16th. We have another live show planned for you guys. It's going to be an excellent, excellent, excellent show. Y'all know our Tuesday shows are one of the biggest shows. Uh, we go into a lot of the NFL for what happened over the weekend, which is so much to talk about there. The Cowboys win. Michael Vick erupts. Tom Brady does his Tom Brady uh, impression the best way he can against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about the Pacquiao fight. We'll get into a lot of Mavs talk, talk about their big win over the undefeated, well, once undefeated Hornets. Uh, that happened last night. We were live at the game. We'll get into a lot of that audio. And our one-on-one with Brandon Haywood, Chris Paul. we got so much stuff planned for you guys, so I want you guys to definitely be a part of the show. You can always call into the show at 323 927 2906-323-927-2906. Before we get started, though, I want to give a special, special acknowledgement and, and shout-out to one of our, our big listeners, uh, our PR manager, so to speak, and that's Coach. And Coach put together the intro for us. So I want you guys to hear that real quick because Coach is one of our, our craziest fans. She sends us all kind of stuff. Uh, she has a chance to spread the word about the show. She's drawing listeners to the show. So let's hit, listen to Coach real quick and see what she has to say. My name is Coach, and I'm here to say RF Sports is here to stay. We got RF, and we got Royce. Definitely your sports choice. <laughs> and then we'll thank Coach again for sending us in. And if you guys have any intros, any jingles, any slogans, anything you want to send in, you can always send in contact with the show at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. I want to thank Coach for putting that together. That was great, Coach. Uh, big time. We want to thank you for doing that. And, of course, let's talk a little bit about the Mavs, first of all. Uh, we were at the game last night. I got a chance to be there live in person to witness the Mavs uh, take on an undefeated Hornets team, a team that came in red hot. I mean, this Hornets team, was they were the only undefeated team left in the NBA. You got the dynamic of Chris Paul. Who's going to guard Chris Paul? I make an Okafor was shooting 73% coming into the game. And the Hornets looked like the team to beat in all of the NBA. And the Mavs were nothing to laugh at either. They were 6-2 and two coming in. Uh, of course, they had to figure out a way to defend Chris Paul, number one, and also had to figure out a way to stop the points from happening down low. But we made some additions to the Mavs team. We got Tyson Chandler in there, uh, Brendan Haywood. So we have a chance to really play them down low. And I was excited from the get-go from the whole game. The, the atmosphere was electric. It was another sellout, of course, as they always do. And, uh, of course, uh, if you guys were at the game as well, give us a call. Let us know what you think, 323-927-2906. But the way this game ended up, I mean, the Mavs won this game, first of all, but it wasn't easy at all. I mean, they had to fight. They had to struggle. They came out blazing in the first quarter. They actually took an 8-0 lead in the first quarter uh, before Chris Paul started to get the offense together. 
Now the Mavs are no they're no stranger to this type of situation. They actually back in the oh five, oh six season, they were six and two, they faced their last undefeated team ever, uh, to be undefeated this late in the season, and that was the Detroit Pistons. Uh they played them at the American Airlines Center uh, at the American Airlines Center, uh, November nineteenth, two thousand five, and they were six and two. The Pistons were undefeated. They beat the Pistons giving their first loss. If you guys remember what was special about that season is they went on from that season to go to the NBA Finals. So, hey, stranger things have happened. I mean, who thought Jason Garrett was going to do what he did <laughs> on Sunday? So it's no far stretch to say that this team can go all the way. They got some good additions. I like the way they're playing. I like the way J.J. Barrett is playing. So overall, it was a good game. Let's give you guys a little bit of more of a play-by-play analysis, at least quarter-by-quarter. Announcement of the game. If you guys are visiting our blog spot, then you already know uh, some of this information. You guys can go to RF Sports Blog Spot, RF Sports Radio, excuse me, dot blogspot dot com, and get a lot of the uh, feedback from the game. We do that live uh, right there from the stadium. So the first quarter started out again, as I said before, had an eight zero run. They were red hot. Now the Mavs, they 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 fell in love with the three point shot early, and they didn't shoot it very well at all. They ended the first quarter shooting only 16.7% from the three-point line, but they kept throwing the ball up there. Now, the Hornets were able to cut the lead down to one with about 42 seconds left. Uh, Beret was on Paul, and it was looking like a big mismatch uh, right off the bat because Paul was torching him big time. Uh, he ended up with about 13 points in that first quarter. So it, it, it seemed like it was going to be a huge problem that night, but they did battle back. And what was the key to this game to me was the fact that Paul went out in the third quarter with foul trouble. He had foul trouble. He had to go on the bench. He got his fourth foul. And when he came back in, he didn't score any points uh, for the rest of the game. I thought that was really huge for the Mavs and their success. So let's listen to a little bit of Rick Carlisle and what he had to say about uh, having Chris Paul and Chris Paul being out and having to get his team to get ready to play a guy like Chris Paul and what Chris Paul brought to the team for the Hornets and what happened when he went out. Well, uh, look, he, he may not have scored, but, you know, he was making everything else happen offensively for them. Um, you know, the, the, thing with, the thing with him is, you know, he can really create just about anything, almost on his own. And so um, we had to really pick up our level of attention to detail on him in the second half. Um, our big guys were out chasing him around. We were double teaming him some. And, um, and doing you know several different coverages just because he you know he's going to adjust anything that you're doing um, and he was still making plays to guys who were hitting shots and it was extremely difficult um, but you know the fact that he didn't score um, was big and there was Coach Rick Carlisle doing the uh, post game press conference talking about Chris Paul him not being able to score uh, for the rest of the second half and that paid off huge dividends for the Mavs. Now, when we got into the fourth quarter, they were still down. Uh, this was actually the first time that they went into the fourth quarter not with a uh, – were down and not having the lead uh, for the first time this season. And the Mavs actually came in um, as one of the top defensive teams in the league. They've been limiting opponents to a field goal percentage of only 42%, which is ranked first in the league. But New Orleans is second. I mean, they, they've been holding teams only 42.3% shooting which is still very, very good. So these teams were kind of evenly matched on defense. And we were really kind of concerned about the fourth quarter because you, you saw the momentum 
shifting during the during the third quarter, even though Chris Paul was out. Page was hitting big threes. Ariza was hitting big threes. And Green, uh, he was coming in hitting big threes as well, too. But once we got into the fourth quarter, the Mavs kind of heated up a little bit. That that love for the three-point shot kind of fell through. They started hitting some big threes. Jet Terry, Jason Kidd, Berea, everyone started hitting these big threes. Now, what, what I thought was really interesting and made the whole key to the game, I think, was the fact they went with a smaller lineup. They had three-point guards out there. They had Berea. Uh, Jet Terry and Jason Kidd out on the floor, and that allowed them to get a lot more penetration, allowed them to get down low a lot bit, a lot more, and they were able to kick the ball out and get some wide over three-point shots, and the guys' uh, three-point stroke was really, really stroking big. So let's listen to a little bit of Rick Carlisle talking about this uh, three-point set that he has and uh, how that made the difference in the game tonight. Well, you know, we were just we were searching for a group that could get something going. We, you know, we had some groups that, you know, would would hit a couple shots and then give up two open shots and turn it over. You know, I just we just couldn't get any momentum. And um, so look, it was just a it was it was an attempt to get more playmaking in the game, um, get more uh, penetration in the game. And you know, there, there's a gamble because of of you know when you go small, <clears throat> you know you don't have the length, and they're they're a long team and they and they're very good at taking advantage of that. So. Um, the group that finished did a great job because it was, you know, it was uh, just a very difficult, um, challenging game, and you know, they really had to pitch a shutout the last five minutes to win, and it's very difficult to do that in this league. It was Rick Carlisle talking about the three-point guard set that he put on the floor during the fourth quarter, and, and like I said before, I thought that was really, really a huge step. It's something that. They didn't do a lot of this season, but they did a lot of it last season. They helped them out a, a great deal uh, last season to win some games, and that's something that no one really attacked the Hornets with because they went with a kind of a small lineup of, of jump shooters as well, and the Mavs were able to counter with their own set of jump shooters also. Let's listen to Jason Kidd talk about that three-point set and how crucial it was uh, for the Mavs to get the win 98-95 uh, to 95 over the Hornets last night. You know, it's going to get us. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've done that, you know, I thought we we did that a little bit last year, too. Um, whenever we get in a rut or something, we go with a smaller group. Um, and that's fine. I just have to lift a little bit more, but uh, when. That's a what a little more? Lift. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to get live and be faster now. I got to figure it out. But no, the big thing is just whatever, you know, I think we, we, we have that, that personnel that you can do that. You know, we can go small, or you can maybe have the three guards and Dirk and, and Tyson, or you can go Dirk at the five, Sean, you know, whatever is, is working at that point. Jason Kidd talked a little bit about the three-point guard said, as I said before, they did a lot of that last season. So it played out big dividends for them uh, last night. And and what I thought was really interesting also, too, was the fact that you had a lot of dynamics in this game. I mean, the Sean Stevenson started out the game in the starting lineup. We thought he, he'd be a, he play a big role on Chris Paul. He came out pretty effective, had some, had some big shots, but he actually went out with a uh, what appeared to be a wrist injury, although – Asking Carlisle after the game, he said he didn't think it was a big deal. But it seemed like he had something going on because he really didn't come back in the game. 
and they used uh, Barea. They used a little bit of Jet Terry. Uh, Barea was real, you know, his his pesky defense played a well, played a big role uh, because it kind of took Chris Paul off of his game. As I said before, once he came back in in the fourth quarter after sitting out most of the third, he didn't score another basket for the rest of the game. Uh, Tyson Chandler was huge this game also too because. You had a Mecca Okafor coming in as one of the hottest uh, down-low players, centers, fives, fours in the game. His shooting percentage was off the charts uh, for that game as well, before coming into that game. And he was only held to two for ten shooting. So we had to talk to Tyson Chandler, find out some of his comments about not only be able to be dominant and, and win a crucial game like this, but also playing uh, his old team as well too. And what he's going to have to do to kind of combat this team uh, tomorrow night? Because they got to play these guys again in New Orleans tomorrow night. So let's listen to a little bit of what Tyson Chandler had to say. You know, it, it feels great. Uh, you know, it, it's great for us. It's great for our growth. Um, you know, it was definitely a hard-fought game. Um, you know, they they want to play at this pace. They want to grind it out. Um, <clears throat> you know, so it's definitely a good win for us. You see some guys step up who were having bad first half. Guys. Yeah. Jason Terry, how big was that for this team going uh, after? It, it was huge for us, um, you know, because we got to have the attitude of, you know, whatever happens out there, you got to let it go. Uh, we got to bounce back because we don't need guys. We don't need, um, you know, our entire cast, you know, if we if we want to get serious about this and, you know, make a real run. Tyson, what was this whole experience like for you, you know, and see you having Chris and then everybody yeah. else? Um, you know, I, I got a lot of love for those guys over there. You know, we had some hard-fought battles together. Um, you know, we had a great thing. Uh, you know, I still got a lot of respect for the guys, you know, in the other locker room. Um, but, you know, I, I bear a different jersey now, uh, you know, and I, and I give it all, you know, for for this organization. And, you know, pass is pass. And there was um, Tyson Chandler basically talking about playing his old team, uh, some of what he saw in the game. And I thought that was a crucial, once again, to hold a Mecca Okafor like that and control the paint. And I know it had to feel good for him to get a win against his Hornets. He was actually joking in the locker room after the game about having a chance to get a win against his old team. And, and, he, and like I say, he was hugging still a lot of the Hornets players. He's got a lot of friends over there. Uh, so it, it, overall, it was a really, really great game. we got a lot more audio to share with you guys as well, too. If you're listening to us live, you're more than welcome to join the show. Again, the calling number is 323-927-2906. If you're downloading this show uh, the next day on iTunes or from another uh, media player, another podcast player, stay in contact with the show at rfsportsradio.blogspot.com or go to Twitter and follow us at rfsportsradio where you can get out of our live broadcast, our cinchcast, and also our tweets during uh, all the sporting events. We were tweeting like Madman yesterday about Vic, about the Mavs. So if you guys are on our Twitter feed, then you already know exactly what we do <laughs> when it comes to that. But this this Mavericks team, it, it looks really good. I mean, they had a chance to beat, like I said, the undefeated Hornets. So I think I think they're really on the road to get somewhere. Now, let me take a call real quick, real, real fast, and call. I'm going to bring you on real, real quick here. I want to know exactly what do you think about the Mavs. If you saw the game last night, they beat the Hornets, an undefeated team. Do you think this Mavs team is a lot different than some of the teams you've seen in the past? Uh, well, I, I'll say this. Uh, hello to everybody out there. Uh, I really don't think that the Mavericks have displayed anything yet. I mean, the proof is in the pudding based off how the Mavericks perform in the playoffs. doesn't matter. um 
I mean, I don't think we'll see a team go undefeated in the NBA, so somebody had to lose. Um, and we'll see how they're performing after All-Star break. Yeah, that's a good question. That's that's a good observation. And for you guys that don't know, if you listen to us, uh, if you listen to the show before, of course, we're joined by one of our huge contributors to the show, and that's Chosen Chosen. Welcome to the program, my friend. How are you today? Oh, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, good, um, good. I'm now, enjoying this, this the show so far, man. Great interview. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Now, before we go get off the Mavs and get into all of our other subjects, of course, we're going to talk about Mike Vick. We're going to talk a lot about the Cowboys win, uh, talk about all the other sports stories going on right now from McNabb's big deal. But I had a chance to get a little one-on-one time with a few of the Mavs. I talked to Brandon Haywood one-on-one. So I'm going to let you guys uh, hear a little bit of that interview. And, and Brandon's been he, he's been a real, real nice guy in the locker room. He did a lot for us on uh, Fantasy Football last week. He's going to be coming with Fantasy Football tips for us every week as well, too. So you guys stay tuned for that. If you guys don't know, Brandon Haywood is a huge fantasy player. Uh, so so we're going to get a lot of tips and stuff about that. But let's get into a little bit of the one-on-one interview that I did with Brandon after their win against the Hornets last night. We're here with Brendan Haywood from the Dallas Mavs. Brendan, great win tonight. You guys been undefeated in New Orleans, New Orleans uh, Hornets team. What do you see out there? I mean, you guys are dominant in the paint. You got rebounds, big blocks. I mean, what do you think about the game? Uh, I think down the stretch our defense really carried us. Um, it was a close game. Um, it was tooth and nail all the way, but we had a lot of key stretch, uh, key defensive stops down the way, and we didn't really let them get a lot of easy looks, and uh, that, that carried us through. Now, can you talk a little bit about Emeka Okafor? He came in with 73% shooting uh, when he got here. Y'all lived him to basically two for ten for the night. So, I mean, talk a little bit about defending him down low. Uh, he's, he's a very good player. You know, he ducks in low and uh, strong, and he finishes well around the basket. Um, we just focused tonight on uh, basically uh, trying to limit his touches inside and play him strong and physical. So what do you, how do you get ready for this team to turn around and play him on Wednesday after you guys are, you know, you beat him once? I mean, what do you, what did you see that really can help you guys to be in the beginning at home? Um, I think we have to do the same thing. We have to come out there, um, try to get a lot of easy buckets in transition, and then um, limit their easy looks. Uh, when you play defense uh, at a high level, normally good things happen for you. And that's our one-on-one with Brandon Haywood. Brandon's a huge fan of the show. I know he's listening, so keep doing up the good work, man, and we'll be listening to your fantasy sports, uh, fantasy football tips <laughs> coming up pretty soon as well, too. Uh, we got Carlos lighting up the line. Of course, you guys are probably wondering where the heck is Royce at. Uh, Royce finally is joining our program real quick. Royce, how you doing, man? Well, hello, Rodney. How's it going? Sports it's going fans. good. Everybody out. Man, I tell you what, I'm still reeling from that Monday night game. Uh, I know you hadn't talked about it yet, but we're going to get into that a little later on. And uh Mavericks had a win this weekend. So it's been a pretty good weekend. Cowboys won, too. That's right. So what we a weekend. a lot to talk about. But, a lot of winning going right. on, a whole lot of winning going on. But just to touch right. on real quick is something that Brendan Haywood said. You know, I asked him specifically uh, what did he see in the game that he felt like is going to help them um, when they play this team tomorrow night. They got to go to New Orleans and play them tomorrow night. So now, right. now here's here, now you guys listen up real good on this one because I had a chance to talk to Chris Paul. Quick interview with him. I tried to sneak this question on Chris Chris Paul. Before I went into the Mavs locker room to find out, hey, maybe I can get some inside information. Maybe I can help the Mavs out a little bit. And you guys have to listen real quick and see what Chris Paul had to say. 
when I asked him that question, too. So this is Chris Paul after the Hornets' uh, first loss of the season last night against the Mavs. Uh, they made shots. You know, they, they forced us to take the ball out of the net, which was tough for us. You know, we couldn't get out, transition, and play our game. Hey, you got into foul trouble. How did that limit your game once you, once you got into foul trouble? Put me on the bench. You know what I mean? Can't do nothing from the bench. But uh, that's my fault. You know, I can't put myself in that situation. I felt like the fouls were, you know, here or there or whatever. But that's my fault. You know what I mean? I can't expect the rest to not call the day. You know, I, that's my fault. Did you anything on the court that you think will help you for winning this game at home? Yeah, we're going to talk about that as a team, though. <laughs> gotcha. So there I am getting shut down in the locker room and the Hornets there. I try to sneak one in on on old Chris, see if I get a little inside information to help the Mads out, try to be a homer there. And he shut me down right there, Royce. I mean, I, I, try, yeah, I had to ask, I had though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you had to ask. You right. I had to ask. I had to get a little inside info on him real quick just, just to see if I could help my team out a little bit there. But Chris was great. He asked a lot of questions, so he he, he was great. And, and again, he he was uh, the difference in the game was the fact that he didn't come back in uh, for so long right. in the third quarter. And when he came back in, he didn't hit a shot. So I thought that was huge right there. And it, before yeah, we get to the other, go ahead, Ross. That should have really uh, boosted Mavericks' ego a lot to beat the most undefeated team. But I watched this team play. I, I tell you, they they're capable of beating anybody on a good night. And, uh, you know, it's not just all the scorings on Dirk. Uh, you know, Jason Terry, he's my candidate for sixth man of the year already. And uh, as soon as Butler get healthy, I think they have a big three. So we do have a big three and big D. And then we got other guys that can step up and make up that third. It could be anybody tonight. Barrea, Jason Kidd, anybody can be that third person to step up. That's what I like about this Mavic team. Let's listen to a little bit of quick uh, Dirk. Davinsky audio, then we'll get into a lot more of the show and, and get on. But we got to celebrate this win for the Mavs. I mean, they beat the only undefeated team in the NBA right now. So let's listen to a little bit of dirt and talk a little bit after the game. That was uh, was fun to watch. I mean, both teams are uh, can spread the floor out there with a lot of shooters, a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, we were actually in the zone. Uh, and, you know, Stoyakovich had a couple threes. Willie Green had a big three. Ariza hit a big three there on the wing to tie in in the last minute. Um, and we responded well. Jet was, like I said, was shooting the ball really well. Kid made some big threes. Um, so it was a fun game to watch. They were basically in the zone. I mean, they started man-to-man, but they were switching everything. So basically that comes down to the zone as well. So both teams were able to kind of zoning it up. And, uh, that opened up some shooters, and we definitely made some big plays, both teams. I mean, it was, it was a fun game to be a part of in the, in the fourth quarter. What's your lineup with Keith and Berea and Terry? Well, I think that that lineup won us a lot of games last year. Uh, you know, obviously, we were giving up some size, uh, but um, kid is kid is the guy that makes it work because he can, he can get away with, with playing at the three spot. He's a big guard. Uh, he's physical. Uh, and he was battling in that zone and that in that back line. He was uh, he was battling his butt off, uh, post guys rebounding, uh, and he's the guy that makes it work. So, and JJ's been phenomenal here last week or so. Uh, really confident again, uh, making plays for himself in the paint, and uh, and uh, Jet uh, obviously is, is himself. And Tyson Haywood did a nice job uh, in the middle of the zone for us. Uh, so, 
that was a good team effort. It seemed like when Chris Paul got his fourth foul, it didn't take them out of the game, but it took him out of the game when he came back. Well, you know, fouls aren't part of the game, um, but uh, I really like Bayless. Uh, they made a nice pick up there uh, in the first half when he was in. I thought we, we might gain some points when, uh, when Paul was out, but the, there was no gaining going on. Uh, their second line was, was great. Page came in and hit a couple shots there in the second quarter. Uh, so uh, they actually built that lead uh, when Paul out the game. So uh, their second unit is tough. They got a lot of shoes out there. Uh, and they go small a lot too. And when West goes out, they got four shoes out there. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a tough team. They're well coached. Uh, and we're glad we got this win tonight. Talking a little bit about the whole game, especially about the three guard lineup that he put in. We got into to a little bit of that earlier in the show. Uh, and then three guard lineup was really the difference. They were able to open up the floor a lot more, get more threes off. Jed Terry had big threes. Even Jason Kidd had big threes um, as well too. So let's let me bring on real quick uh, one of our huge NBA. I call my NBA analyst uh, for the show because the guy's played basketball. He knows basketball. He was actually at the 76ers game. So let me bring Rick on to the program. Rick, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, RF. How's it going, man? It's going good. Hey, man. Rick. It's going good. Hey, Royce, how you doing, man? Doing just fine. Your Cowboys won, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got us one in. <laughs> we've, also, we've also got uh, Chosen on the program. He's on. He's in the holding pattern right now, so he'll be joining us to talk a little more. NFL, some of the NFL stories real quick. But, Rick, real quick, man, you were at the game with me, the 76ers. You saw a Mavs team that, that really pride themselves on defense, a more defensive type of team. Um, I don't and I don't know how much of this game you saw last night with the Hornets, but it came down to defense at the very end. They had to put up some big stops. Of course, they got lucky. Ariza missed a couple of wide-open threes that he probably would make, he would make early in the game. And Chris Paul got in the foul shovel, so he wasn't really around. But he didn't score when he was in. So talk a little bit about what you see defensively that's different from a Mavs team that we had last year. Well, I mean, the Mavs are a very good defensive team, in my opinion. I mean, they have the the guards to be able to push push the defense out a little bit, and they have low-post players. And Tyson Chandler's really came in and helped helped the Mavs out a whole lot, you know, I think, in my opinion. Not that they weren't able to man it really with Brendan Haywood because he does a, a fine job too, especially against the 76ers. Brendan Haywood had a pretty good game in there. But one thing that needs to that people need to realize about the Mavs, which I'm starting to figure out, is, you know, while they do have a lot of jump shooters, you know, they have a low post presence. They actually have a presence down there, and they're able to to work that with Nowitzki playing down low a little bit. You know, Brendan Haywood, you know, plays down low, and, and Tyson Chandler. Now, it's not all glamorous as far as offense is concerned, but you got to really be concerned about, about the Mavs' low post presence out there. Other teams need to start recognizing that they do have that. And, you know, as far as last night, you know, or the other night when they uh, played the Hornets, um, that's Jason Terry, man, is something else. Yeah, 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 Terry is, he 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 really is something else. He is, you know, he needs to get you know more credit because I do think that Jason Terry is a clutch performer. While I do think he's streaky, you know, he has his good days and his bad days, you know. But you know, he has more good days than he does the bad, and when you you can look for him, 
in the final seconds of the game. He's one of those guys that's not afraid to take the shot no matter where it needs to be taken from the floor. Jason Terry's pretty good. Yeah, Jason you know, Terry Rick, was awesome last night. You know, Rick, I tell you, that's my pick for sixth man of the year so far this year. But I will say this and, about and I couldn't Mavs. disagree with you either. Yeah. You know, I will say this about the Mavs. Uh, you know, uh, the Hornets uh, have uh, – Come six and zero just by keeping uh, most teams under hundred points. I saw this out of the map. They kept them well under hundred points, so that's good for them. They played defense. They put a reverse on the horns of what they've been doing to everybody else. And the Mavs, even though it's early in the season, you know the Mavs figured out a way to win a close game. Right. You know they they really did. Now Ariza should have knocked that shot down. But still, the Mavs had to put themselves in a position to win that game, and they did exactly that. Right. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit more uh, real quick, Samadio, because Rick Carlisle touched on this a lot uh, during the press conference after the game last night. And this is Rick talking exactly about uh, – Coach Carlisle talking exactly about what you guys are saying about defense. You know, we, we identified defense as the number one – um, variable to us being a, a, a tr- true contending team. And now coming into tonight, we were third in the league in points per possession. Um, and so, you know, that's that's progress. <clears throat> I don't know where we'll be to, after the game tonight, um, but we'll be in the top ten somewhere, most likely. And New Orleans was number two coming into tonight. Um, the answer to that question, you know, if the answer is yes, then then we're we're making some real progress. Um, you know, if if the answer if the answer is something else, then then we got to make we got to you know look take a take a hard look at where we're at. Um, but I think our guys realize that that you know hard consistent defense and staying with a system um, is the most important part of our success. And, and and it's the most important important part of continuing the success that we're having. And that was uh, Rick Carlisle talking specifically about the defense. The question was asked: Does he feel like his team is starting to enjoy uh, playing defense late in games, uh, similar to how to stop the they put the brakes on the Seventy Sixers in the fourth quarter? Uh, they did the same thing with the Hornets and took over the lead. So you guys hit the nail right on the head. Even he feels like defense is going to is going to be the huge factor for them to move on and, and do anything better than what they did last year. That's right. That's always been their problem is a weak defense. I see a great improvement over the last couple of years. I'm glad they put emphasis on that because nowhere in the world you're going to win in the West without some defense. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, you you can't. You can't win in the West without without defense. And, you know, I actually think that defensive, you know, mindset kind of got started when, when Avery Johnson was the coach there, you know. But yeah, yeah. you can really see that they're, they're, they're starting to gel defensively, you know. Now, while I do think the Mavs is a very good team, you know, they are known for winning lots and lots of regular season games. They need to sustain this type of play on into the playoffs if they're fortunate enough to make it there because, you know, everybody can clearly see that L.A. is the best in the West, you know, right, so right. they have to be beaten. Mm-hmm. I agree with you guys 100%. Anybody got any predictions about what's going to happen tomorrow night that the face is team once again, but now on the road? Royce, you got any predictions? Well, I tell you what, I'd like to see them win. 
And, you know, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't beat them again. You know, uh, just uh, when you get a lead, they just have to sustain the lead. You know, they they let a lot of teams come back, you know, on them in the third and fourth quarter. But as long as they can sustain the lead and uh, the big man play big, I think they'd be all right. Why not? Rick, what do you, what do you think? I, I think they can come away with the win. Why not? You know, still early in the season, you know, then both teams, you know, Quadras and Skep are still still gelling, you know. So the the difference in this game is going to be, you know, that the Hornets are, in fact, at home. Right. And right. Chris Paul is not going to be sitting on the bench like that, you know. And, and you can expect that Trevor Reza won't miss that shot. Not right. at home. Not at home. So, the Mavs, you know, they will have to step it up a little bit, but, you know, maybe put in a, um, a bigger punch offensively. But, you know, just keep playing defense the way they are. They will give themselves a good chance. Well, it's going to be a good game. I know we're going to be tuned in watching that game tomorrow. It's going to be live in New Orleans. It'll be, it'll be on uh, Fox Sports Southwest. I want to thank again uh, Scott Tomlin and all the uh, media there at the Mavs for allowing the show to have access to the players, to the press conferences to get these uh, these type of shows together. I want to thank Brendan Haywood for doing the interview. Thank Chris Paul for making a little time out for me as well, too. And uh, you guys will be hearing a lot more audio from the Mavs. that you guys don't know, we'll be covering the Mavs in depth on a lot of their home games. they got Chicago coming up, and the Heat will be coming to town pretty soon as well, too. So you guys stay tuned for that. Now, before we get into these big, big stories, because we got some other big stories to cover as well, too, we're going to remind everyone you can call in, voice your opinion, 323-927-2906 is a live call-in number. If you're listening to us on iTunes or, or do another podcast player, stay in contact with the show at, at com. Let me bring Chosen back on the line real quick, because I know you've been in the holding pattern real fast. So let's jump straight into some of these bigger stories. Before we jump into the huge story with Mike Vick, because I know everyone's got an opinion about that, I want to just say a quick uh, quick minute about the Rangers. If you guys don't know, uh, all the Rangers' top brads went to Arkansas. They met with Cliff Lee. The show Cliff Lee, they mean business. Uh, so we're going to see how that meeting turns out. And Natalie Feliz, the young rookie, was actually named the AL Rookie of the Year. So hats off to right. him. Uh, these guys right. are getting more accolades after having a great season uh, as well. So we'll see what happens with this whole Cliff Lee thing. Now, his agent came out and did a story with Yahoo Sports and says that the top contenders are going to be the Yankees and the Rangers as far as who gets Cliff Lee. But there's other teams that express interest to him as well, including the Washington Nationals, uh, the Orioles, the uh, the Phillies, again, for some reason, and a couple other teams out there as well, too. So we'll keep our eyes out on this story, and we'll let keep you guys updated on what happens there, too. Well, let's get into a little bit of NFL action, man. I mean, we got we got a Cowboy win to talk about. We got a lot of stuff going on. Now, what about this Mike Vick first? Now, we were Ooh, saying man. Mike Vick could be the truth. But what we saw from Mike Vick last night, I don't think we've ever seen from any quarterback uh, at any level of the game. So I want to get you guys in this reaction, what you saw from Vick, I mean, from the first play of the game. To, to his composure during the game and at the end of the game. And I start with you, Royce. What did you see last night from Vic? Michael Vic came out Monday night and made a statement to the world. I, I, I'm 57 years old. I've seen a, everybody from Bart Starr to you name it play quarterback. I have never seen a performance like that in my life. And uh, I, if I ever see another one like that, man, he was outstanding. 
I mean, uh, if, if 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 ever you want a quarterback on your team, Mike Vick was. I mean, they could have beat any, anybody last night the way they played. He came out and made a statement. Mike Vick is back. He's 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 more mature. He's more poised. He's he he could be a pocket passer. He could be a runner. I mean, I I know the defensive coaches out now staying up late trying to figure out whoever's on their schedule down the line. It's probably going to be up for the next rest, until they play him, trying to figure out how to stop this guy. I mean, you can't stop. Him. I mean, right. he, 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 it's impossible. And you know, I, like I said, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks, but I have never in my life seen a performance of this magnitude since I've been watching football. And, that, and that's and, and I've seen a lot. That's a lot of quarterbacks, but nothing, nothing like this. I mean, if he's, he's outstanding in all areas. Rick, what did you see last night out of Mac Vick that, that that really just impressed you, if anything? No, a lot impressed me. I mean, anybody watching the game had to have been impressed by the performance that they saw last night. Had to be. You know, I've I've given Vic credit, you know, for the things that he's done, you know, and the only knock that I've always had on Michael Vick was the, the accuracy with his ball, you know. Right, right. But Michael Vick has intangibles out there, man, that – um, apparently is really making up for that, you know, because the Michael right. Vick that we saw last night <clears throat> was not only an athletic Michael Vick, but he was an accurate Michael Vick. He was a smart Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick did his thing last night. You know, I, I agree. I don't think that you're going to see too many quarterback performances like that throughout a lifetime of watching football. Something like that, you know, is a special. Like, you know, right. for, for the first time, I can actually say that, a quarterback made the game look like it was a college football game, man. He was out there playing right. like he was in college or something, man. It looked like man. Yeah. It looked like man. It, it really. Yeah, I you, thought. I thought I was watching John. Yeah, Madden. you feel like me? Right. I mean, <laughs> the, the, like, the boy. The boy was something else. He was able to throw it in there. He was able to run it in there, and he had defense scared. The defense was right. scared of him. They didn't know exactly right. what that boy was going to do. Right. I gave him a right. lot of credit for that. You know. Now I'm not gonna gonna um, the the performance can't be overrated you know but i'm not gonna overrate him as a player and you know he's the greatest to play and all this that and the other you know i'm not gonna get into all that with michael vick because i don't think he's quite there yet but that performance last night you got to take your ass off to that bro for real right what do you think what are your what are your opinion about what you know what vick was able to do i mean the guy goes six touchdowns four passing uh, two running. He had four hundred thirteen, uh, four hundred thirteen total yards uh, for the night. I mean, how impressive is what Mike Vick was able to do? Uh, did you feel like Vick is doing what he what he normally does? Well, I, I think I think what Michael Vick proved last night is that he is going to be a serious threat with his arm. Everybody, when he first came in the league, was definitely respecting the run, and it took the league a while to adjust to what he was doing. But now that his arm has shown that it can be just as lethal as the legs, well, then you're back to square one. So I agree with everything that Roy said, and I feel like, you know, if he can consistently continue to do this, then, you know, the the the, the same greatest of all time to play the position, he I actually might be able to wear that title. But we'll see, you know. Mm. And you know, you know what made the big difference too, is for the first time that I can remember, Philly has some weapons. 
I mean, they got weapons in all positions for the receiving court. So he definitely had somebody yeah. to throw the ball to. You know, I've never seen a, a receiving court this talented on one team, in a, you know, in a while. It's always one player. But they got several players, you know, in and, key And position. the good thing is Michael Vick has always been able to throw the deep ball. Got one of the prettiest right. balls out there. He could throw it deep, and his receivers was going to get that now. Give his right. – Give his teammates some credit, too, because some of them made some plays. That catch that Jeremy Macklin made right there on the pylon was something else. But Michael Zick was accurate with it, though. He put it right Right. there. You know, can't nobody get it but you. Right, right. And and, and you talk about him throwing the deep ball. I mean, no no better pass was in that first play of the game. I mean, he had to throw the ball 65 yards, almost flat-footed. Uh, they hit Deshaun Jackson. This is Vic. Here's some comments for Vic talking about that first play of the game and, and how he broke out of the first play of the game and knew exactly what was going to happen. We put it together yesterday. And, uh, you know, when I saw uh, what the first play was going to be, I just smiled because I knew uh, exactly what the coaches were looking for and, and I knew exactly what what they wanted. We, uh, we got that look and... Uh, I never envisioned them coming out and playing that look. I thought they was going to come out and play a totally different defense, and they was able to do that. And there's Vic right there talking about that first play of the game and, and how predictable, I mean, the Redskins' defense was. So they had to have some kind of game plan together. I mean, Andy Reid had to know something. I think Shanahan got the best of them because uh, he looked like he was game planning right. a lot for him the first game. But it looked right. like Andy Reid kind of saw something that, that knew Vic was going to be able to capitalize on. What do you think, Royce? Well, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with everything you say. But you know what's so amazing? I bet y'all can't name one quarterback that doesn't have an interception. Michael Vick doesn't have one interception. And that's a first for Michael Vick. You know, he's the only quarterback I know playing right now that doesn't have an interception. Mm. So that's saying a lot about his accuracy. That's saying a lot about his accuracy. You know what I mean? It's hard not to go without an interception. I can't name one quarterback. Right, right, right. I can't name one quarterback that had to do an interception this year. Mm. He has has really improved that. You got to give that boy credit. I mean, you know, just like like, like Chosen said, I mean, he's becoming a threat both ways. You know, now what you going to do? But, you know, that I think that's the future of quarterbacks. You look at Bradford and all these other guys, they're a lot more mobile. They're a lot more accurate. You know what I mean? I think the era of the old pocket quarterbacks is over with. You know, if you watch the guys in college, you know, that, that's the way, that's the future of what quarterback is going to be. So either some of these teams are going to get on the bandwagon and get some of these mobile quarterbacks because Michael Vick has set the president of what the future of quarterback is going to be about. Yeah, and if you remember when he came quarter, into the man. league, when when he came into the league, it was all about him being that the new prototype of quarterback. I mean, he was on the cover of Madden. Uh, he was, right. he, you know, he had his own Michael Vick shoe, you know, just right. like a Jordan shoe. I mean, he was that guy until this whole uh, controversy with the dog and thing. Everything came up, right. and they kind of right. knocked him down uh, more than a couple of pegs. He lost a lot of money. He lost endorsement right. deals. He had to go on this long journey to kind of rebuild himself and reestablish himself. And last night was almost like, okay, all you guys that believed in me, this is what you believed in. This is the Michael Vick that, that I know I could have been a long time ago, and I can play like that. And he talked about that last night, too. He talked about staying humble 
and his reaction after the game I thought was commendable as well too. And this is what Mike Vick said after the game after after he put on the big show on Monday Night Football. You know, I, I do feel like I'm ready for it all. Um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I, I just have to take, you know, take this uh, whole quarterback situation by the reins and, and uh, you know, take it all in stride, but at the same time, you know, stay humble throughout the process. I thought that was commendable as well for him to, for him to have that kind of attitude and demeanor about that win. I mean, it was a huge win. Uh, for any quarterback, but I thought I thought it really showed a lot of character. His change of character has got to be a, a pro, got to be a product of his play. I mean, would you say the right. same, Chosen? Uh, the the character and the the well, should I say the development of his character since he's hit the league? You know, I don't think really was displayed until this season. Uh, you come back. Um, and you know that you have the potential to beat out your competitor. I mean, because just a couple of weeks ago we were discussing which quarterback right. do you go with. And I think right. what he did last night is just like on the high school football field, he earned his position. And and I look forward to continuing to watch how he plays with maturity, beating you with his arm first and then the leg second if he has to. Right. Right. Royce, what do you think about, you know, Mike Vick's story and and how he's making this season out to be a season of redemption for him? I tell you what, all those Mike Vick haters had to be impressed last night. I don't care what you feel about what he's done. You you got got to give him credit for what he did on the field. I I will say this for Mike Vick, and and I agree. He's learned how to not just take off running. You know, he. And if you notice they show last night how he looked at three or four different receivers, you know, he might, the old Michael Vick didn't do that. And I, I like to say I see a maturity in him, and I feel sorry for the next seven opponents because how are you going to figure out how to stop it? How are you going to, you know, you got to stay up nice trying to figure out a way to stop it. And I couldn't see no way you could stop Michael Vick if he played the way he was playing play last night. I mean, he's on his way. Uh, they've got the Giants they've got the uh, Giants coming up next again they have to go on the road uh, well, actually a home game I believe against the Giants coming up next so we'll get to see what he does against his Giants defense but let's talk about this real fast just looking forward um, Vic is a free agent next year so you gotta pay somebody now Rick has earned his job this season I mean I don't know if they could keep Cobb and Vic I mean they could probably pay him both if they really wanted to. But, I mean, Rick, what do you think? I mean, he's going to be a free agent next year. Teams like Minnesota got to be chomping at the bid. Teams like uh, Carolina, other teams out there that could use a guy like Mike Vick to revitalize not just their team but a whole franchise. But he's a free agent next year. Should should they be getting a deal done right now for him? Man, that, that game last night alone just got Vick a pretty nice payday. You know, if the if the Eagles don't do it, some team out there is going to do it. You know, you can trust that. You know, but I'm starting to sway a little bit, you know. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Philadelphia go ahead and try to keep Michael Vick, you know, for the next three to four or five years. You know, that really wouldn't surprise me at all. Michael Vick, he really is starting to show something. 
you know, and, and Philly might take a chance on that. Mm-hmm. Now here's now here's the flip side of the coin. Now this I thought this was I mean Shakespeare probably couldn't have wrote this much irony, but you know, on the flip side of the coin you got the ex Eagles quarterback McNabb gets an announcement the same day, seventy eight million dollar deal, and it comes out reportedly forty million guaranteed. This was during the broadcast. Before the broadcast, everybody kept saying $40 million guaranteed. Well, he just saw another guy in, in his position that he just had last season that he held for 10 years, put on the best performance by any Eagles quarterback ever, and he beat his team. So, I mean, what – I mean, what – what? first of all, what, what was Red, what were the Redskins thinking giving him such a big deal, number one, and locking him up for five years? I mean, the guy's 33. And then what do you think they were thinking in that press box watching Michael Vick put on the show and, and trash, <laughs> trash McNabb and the Redskins, Russ? I mean, what do you think they were thinking? Well, well, you know, I think McNabb is a good quarterback on a bad team. Uh, Shanahan kind of inherited him. I don't think it was his choice for quarterback. But I, I, what I think they did, why, why they did that, they don't want him to go to anybody else in their division. If you think about it, if he went to, if you let him go and he goes somebody in your division, it'll come back and bite you. And uh, I think what they did, they probably going to draft the quarterback next year and use him as a mentor. He was a mentor for Michael Vick too, you know. So I, I, I don't understand it. That's a lot of money, you know. The guy's what 33 years old. Uh, I don't see him playing for the next five years, but I think they did it. You know, Snyder has a habit of doing that. They gave that boy $100 million, and I saw him lay down instead of chase Michael Big last night, Haynesworth. I saw him lay down instead of chase Michael Big. But that's the, that, that, that's the risk in organization. You know, he, he they, they do play well, but I don't think they want him to go to a rival team. I mean, what do you think about the whole deal, Rick? I mean, and then I thought this was ironic as well, too, but it comes out today that, Oh well, it really is not forty million guaranteed. It's only like about ten. So if we still cut him, he might get three point five. You know, I see that comes out now that he gets embarrassed from Monday Night Football. But before then, it was always you know forty million guaranteed. Well, I'm sure he would be open for that that forty million guarantee. And, you know, it's it's really no telling what the contract is about. I mean, it's going to be, you know, a little bit more time before the, the full details come out. But, I mean, if, if McNabb has a has an ego problem, you know, or, you know, there's just something within, within him that, you know, just says, you know, he have a problem with anything that anybody does in Philadelphia, you know, I don't think he really cares. You know, if he's got that, that problem or that, that fight in him like that, you know, maybe. You know, God bless him, you know, either way he's thinking about it. But, you know, I don't think he – man, McNabb just got paid. McNabb yeah, just got he paid. Did. He did. He, he should be, you know, focusing on what he needs to do to get, you know, his team better. I don't think he's really thinking about that. It might hit him when he retires, though. But yeah. you got to understand the, psych- the psychology of you sitting on the sideline and you watching a guy that you that you mentor, that you ask the team to come bring to the team to help you out, uh, to help out your team, I mean, destroy the team that you own. And not just to destroy the team, but do it in a fashion that, that you were not able to do in the Eagles uniform. I think, to me, his his ego, if he doesn't have an ego, 
something inside got to be hurting. I mean, the guy ties his career high with three interceptions. He ties his career high with three interceptions the same night. He's only two interceptions away from a career high for the season. For the season. I mean, and and, and then he gets awarded with this big deal. He's a talk in the NFL on Monday. Uh, he got this big money. They lock him in. They, they do all this. And, and Mike Vick comes out there and destroys him, single-handedly destroys the team. The competitor in him, though, you know, sure, that's going to have you, have you mad. That's going to have you upset. But that's for that night, you know. Me and you are real good friends. We get on the court and you doing me, which you won't be. But if you was doing <laughs> me, I'm going to be mad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be mad, too, because I'm going to want to win that. But you have a short memory. That that game, okay, boom, it's done. It's over with. Let's go ahead and move right, on to right. the next game. You know, that's right. a professional in you. You know what I'm saying? The man just got paid. I'm sure he's got other things on his mind right now. You know, but when he when they start talking about going to the ring of honor and all this stuff from Philadelphia and all that, yeah, that stuff might hit him, man. But McNair need to be proud of what he's done there, man. He stayed there for 10, 11 years. Right. He need to be proud of that. You know, now is on the. Go ahead, Royce. Let me cut you off. Go ahead. I, I mean, what do you expect out of Redskins anyway? I mean, you got to look at. Did you expect them to go? You know, what nine and seven, ten and six? That's not that kind of team. You know, so uh, I, you really can't put that blame on uh, Michael. V- I mean, on uh, Donovan, because you know any other team, anybody else would take it. I mean, he's really not a bad quarterback, but at the same time. He does have a tendency to throw interceptions. He did that in Philly. He was benched in Philly. But I think he's just on a, you know, he's on a bad team. They're in a rebuilding stage. He's been benched you know. this season, too. Right, he's been benched in season. But, you know, you got to look at the overall team. I mean, the Washington Redskins are not that good of a team. They, they're definitely not, you know. So, uh, but, I, but I think that, and like I said earlier, I think they did it to keep him from going to somebody else in their division, you know, because there's a lot of people in that division. Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks, you know, a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. But uh, uh, Donovan Nash should have nothing to be ashamed about. If I had that kind of contract, it's just one game. There's always next week. So, you know. Well, you know, and then, be, and, then and, and, and to, to build upon your your side of things, I mean, you, you, are, you do have a point, the fact that if you look at their division, I mean, the quarterback position is a lock. You got Romo in Dallas. You got Vic now in in Philadelphia. You got Eli in New York, and I guess the Redskins feel like they had to lock in somebody uh, because the quarterback position is pretty much locked up in that NFC East. So, to add to your point, I mean, you are right about that. Now he was on the radio today this morning, and it came out that there is some language in the deal in case there is a lockout next season. But he came on the radio. And said that doesn't mean that I won't be a Redskin. I will be here next year, not just next year, but after that as well. So McNabb is planning to stay there uh, and become a Redskin for at least the next, you know, three years foreseeably. Now, now I got to get into this real quick because I was sitting there in the press box last night watching both games, trying to watch the Mavs, watching this, and and I'm on my Twitter account sending out these tweets about the game, and I get a Twitter message from T.O. And y'all know T.O. is one of those guys, he, he may right. not sound like you're telling the truth, but, you know, four or five years down the line, you start thinking, damn, T.O. was telling the truth. So T.O. comes out does. with a tweet after the game, and this is what he says. He said, how do you justify a $78 million contract with this type of performance? This is this is straight wow. from T.O. This is what T.O. is saying. 
Anybody wow. got any comments about T.O.? Is he about hating? About McNabb? Yeah. <laughs> T.O. comes out on Twitter as soon as the game over, and this is what he says. says, how do you justify a $78 million contract with this type of performance? Boy, that T.O. something now. <laughs> T.O. And then before the game, T.O., before the game was over, T.O. tweeted, he said, he, he tweeted to the effect of, he said, am I watching a real game or am I watching Madden? Is what T.O. Oh, wow. said before, before he made that comment, wow. too. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, about what T.O. had to say. I, I, don't think, I don't think that Donovan McNabb was worth that type of ticket, and I think right. that that was a, uh, what you call an impulse buy. And hopefully they got great lawyers because I just don't see McNabb really completing the whole season the next three years. I mean, everything from sports hernia to all other type of injuries. And I really believe that the NFC East is the toughest division in the NFL. So the road doesn't get any easier for him. Uh, the fans in Philadelphia aren't going to be pleased. <laughs> and I mean, you know, hey, you, you, I think Royce had the, the nail on the head as to the reason why they kept him, but I just saw no justification for the money, even if they had won last night's game. Mm. All right. Well, look at Snyder. Look at his history. What do you think, what do you, what do you think about history. what T.O. said, Royce? Uh, T.O. has been telling the truth from day one. <laughs> you know, he, he might not like the way he said, but he does speak his mind. And uh, I think it might be a little jealousy there because McNabb does have a contract, and T.O. is searching from my home season to season. So it may be a little jealousy there. But uh, at, at, at the same time, if you think about it, McNabb did make somewhat of a game out of it because uh, even going down early, he managed to rally, you know, rally him a little bit. But I don't put the whole blame of the game on Donovan. I really don't. A couple of interceptions wasn't his fault. Receivers were tipping balls. Of course, now that's that's normal in the NFL. Not nowadays. You see that every week. But uh, uh, given uh, a better team, I think it would be a better performance. You know, and he did make somewhat of a game out of it. You got to give him that. He did. The points they did get. Uh, he made a lot of good throws too. So, uh, it, like I say, he's on a bad team. But you got to look at the history of. The Redskins, I mean, they're known for paying big bucks. They hadn't had a decent quarterback in years. They, they, Every time uh, uh, Snyder feels like he needs somebody, he don't mind paying big bucks for him. They paid Handsworth all kind of money, and that boy just basically quit from the beginning of the season, you know. But uh, that's, that's Snyder. That's how he does business. Really, he should learn there's no way to win in the NFL. There's no way to do that. You know, uh, I think they're going to be in a rebuilding stage. they got a coach in place. Shanahan is going to eventually bring in his type players. And uh, like I said, they, they it's just a bad team. It really is. Yeah. Rick, what do you think about T.O.'s comments, man? I mean, you know, really, it, I don't have a problem with what T.O. said. It doesn't bother me one bit, you know, um, because it – you know, I just don't really care like that. You know, don't have nothing to do with me. But it's funny though. You know, T.O. has always been a been a clown. <laughs> I've always been entertained by T.O. You know, <laughs> T.O. just he just do silly things out there, and I know he just clowning. You know, I know he just he just acting like that. You know, so 
it, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I can't see, you know, uh, a little jealousy there. You know, but T.O. has always seemed like the type of person that would do something like that, just the way he's portrayed in the media. But it just T.O. is funny to me, man. Hey, you know how T.O., you know what T. how he feels about his quarterback. That's his quarterback. That's his quarterback. Yeah. You know how, you know how he, he feels about his quarterback. Just be clowning, you know, with the the times where he was doing push ups and sit ups in the front in the in the yard, you know what I'm saying, in the driveway or whatever. And then they had that one interview with him and, and Drew Rosenhaus, you know, when somebody said something about, well, you know, how would you like it if Donald McNabb ever spoke to you again, didn't speak to you again? To was just childish, like, well, I don't care, I don't have to talk to Donald. I'm not talking to Donovan at all, <laughs> you know. Just having me clowning, man. T.O. is just a big kid out there having fun, dog. And it's funny how T.O. could just steal a headline. I mean, you got Vic having the, one of the biggest games of any quarterback ever. I mean, Nav gets a big deal, and, and T.O. has to find a way to get his headline on SportsCenter. So, way to go, T.O. Way to keep way to keep that 20. Just keep it coming, That's T.O. That's him. We'll talking about That's it. him. We'll keep and talking about it. He's a hell of a player, though. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player. He's doing a lot more in Cincinnati than I thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season. So, T.O. is still hey, a hell of a player, first battle Hall of Famer. He wished he had Donovan's contract, I guarantee you. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you he do. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go, before we close out the show, if you guys want to get in real quick, we'll get into a little bit of Cowboy Talk. Oh, man, the Cowboys win, the Cowboys win. Jason Garrett looking like Tom Landry right about now. You know what I'm saying? So we got to get into a little bit of Cowboys win. And Royce, hey, man, you got to sit back and take it this week, man. I tell you what, y'all, hold your horses. Don't don't let them out just yet because this is just one game. You didn't expect the Cowboys to go under, I mean, you know, just win all the games, the one and fifteen. Nobody expected that. I do expect them to win. You know, this is just one game. They still have lost seven. You know, so I, I, it was a very impressive win. I was very impressed with the way the guys played. They should have been playing like this from day one. I think uh, Jerry had to light a fire and told them there's no excuse. Everybody's job's at jeopardy. Now, if your boss told you if you didn't get to work. I, I, you, you know, you step it up too. That's, so that's just the nature of the beast. They did play okay, that. I did see some bright spots. But I told y'all, we're winning some games. Right. And that brings up my first question is because from what I saw out there Sunday, I haven't seen this team play like that all season. And I, and matter of fact, I can go back as far as that playoff game last year against the Vikings. We only put up three points. But I haven't seen them that motivated. I mean, and I thought the biggest – the biggest sign of a new team was the fact that you have no Terrence Newman. He goes out for a couple of plays. Mike Jenkins right. goes out, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I've been I've been cussing out Scandrick every Sunday, every Monday man. night, every Sunday night, and he comes up makes some big plays. Alan Ball, oh, man, Alan Ball, and 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 Brian McCann out of nowhere with you out the practice squad that I trashed last week uh, on the blog. He comes. I know he wins defensive player of the week this week. Now, Rick. Now you got to tell me, man. Where in the heck did this come from? I mean, they haven't switched secondary coaches too, had it? Nah, nah. It was just a man. That game out there was one of those games that you know 
I really enjoyed, especially with all the losing that they're doing, so I'm going to be happy about every win. But I really enjoyed, but it pissed me off at the same time because I've always felt that this type of team was there. They should have been playing that way. You know, everybody that you talk about actually stood out, and then they had people that you don't talk about standing out. Brian McCann, just out of nowhere, you know, yeah, we knew about him through training camp and blah, 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 but he haven't done really anything that stood out, you know, on the field. Maybe it's because of lack of opportunities. I don't know. You know, but he got out there and, and, and took advantage of it. He took advantage of it. The Cowboys played a very, very good game. They beat them in all three phases of the game. They beat you, them you know the biggest. You know the biggest difference in this Cowboy team is Des Bryant. If I had a guy on my team that played as hard and played every down as he does, I wouldn't help but play better. You know, you can't help but play better. This guy is the leader of this team. I see him as a leader of this team. And, and and I tell you what, I think the guys saw that this guy never quit. He never quit playing. He plays every down like he's going to score a touchdown. I mean, that had to be a boost. And I'm pretty the sure good, he says the good, the good thing about it, too, is that Dez has been doing that, you know, pretty much oh, all yeah. year. Dez has. Yeah. You know, it's now good he, that the rest of the team stepped up their intensity. You now know, right. game, we talked about this before, Rick. His first game, he had the kind of the – the deer-in-the-headlights kind of deal, first NFL game, didn't play any, any training camp, any preseason games. And they went to him 12 times, so they were trying to feed him the ball. But I think, like you touched on a couple of shows ago, him having uh, D'Angelo Hall on him, roughing him up, showing him, hey, welcome to the NFL, this is how we play. And him having a chance to get the ball, touch the ball a lot, although he had that deer-in-the-headlights kind of look. I mean, after that game, from that game on, he was on. He was on, and we talked about boys. him being one of the only Pro Bowl players on this team. And he, he plays the game, and I don't know if this is a good thing, you know, for a wide receiver, but I like it, you know. But he plays the game violently, though, you know. And, you know, wide receivers are, you know, not really that violent, but he don't care, man. If the ball is up in the air, he's going to go get it. If he's got to jump through you or over you or whatever the case is, he's going to try to come down with that football. And another big difference in the game, they kept, they didn't try to force the ball to Jason Witten all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's Romo's favorite target. He caught right. one pass the entire night. You know, you got to get the ball to your playmakers. Kidna probably has a better report with some of the other receivers. He proved that Sunday, you know. And, and uh, all I see Tony Romo doing is looking for Jason Witten every down. And sometimes Jason Witten is not open, and he's not going to get you 10 to 15 yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. But you have to get the ball into the hands of your playmaker. He did that. And I that told is- y'all weeks ago that Kidney will win y'all games. The, yeah. the offense was different, and which was a good thing. They needed to change that because everybody is picking them out, you know, because they know they're going to get the ball to Witten, you know, and uh, everybody else is going to be a secondary target. So I, I did see a big difference in that, and hopefully they can improve on that. Now let's say let's stay on the offensive side of the ball real quick. And Chosen, I want to bring you in to get your comments real fast. I mean, from what you saw from Kidna, from what you saw from Dez, from what you saw from the offensive line, and giving Kidna all that time. I mean, Kidna didn't get touched. 
And that, that's something that's been totally different against a, a Giants defense that leads the league in sacks right now and pressure in the backfield. Now, Jason Garrett is the head coach now, but he's been calling this offense and running this offense all season during a 1-7 and seven season. So what was different about this game that made the offensive line block and made Kidna, you know, not throw any bad bad picks? I, I mean, I just think it was one of those games where it was just time for the Cowboys to win, ultimately. Um, I think the Giants defense came in and underestimated and forgot who the Cowboys were temporarily. Uh, defensively, I saw them making a lot of errors that they don't make or they hadn't made in every new game, in every game that they played in the new Cowboys stadium. Uh, I definitely think that there was a sense of urgency with the Cowboys, uh, you know, front four. You know, you, you definitely want to make sure that you win a division rivalry game, especially when you lost the first one at home. So, I, you know, mentally on any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody, and I just think it was the Cowboys' time to win. Hmm. But, what do, I mean, Russ, what, what do you think that Jason Garrett did different that got this offense playing like that that he couldn't do for the first half of the season? I, I, well, I saw a different play calling uh, coming from Jason Garrett. Uh, like I said, it was a sense of urgency. I did see him use the, the backs a lot more. I saw the running game improve. I saw some different calls. I didn't see some of the same old plays they do week after week after week. Uh, when they did have isolations, Kittner took advantage of that. You know, if you, if you know from Dad's Bryant's touchdown, but I always one-on-one. And like I said, uh, Kittner has been in the league long enough to know, uh, to, to, to you know, you get a one-on-one, you got to take advantage of it. Dad's Bryant can beat anybody one-on-one. Now, but, now, but, but you've been real But you've been real critical on the past shows about the Cowboys coming out and not having a game plan. They're not picking on one aspect of another team or a certain player. I mean, did you right. see a game plan in this game? Did you finally see them put a game plan together? I saw some guys playing for their job, even guys off the bench. When the when two defensive backs went down, I saw guys step up. And that's what you got to have. You never know what. A uh, player can do if he's sitting on the bench. That's why you got to be ready 24-7. A lot of these guys got the opportunity to show what they made of and, and basically get a chance to come back next year. But like uh, now any coach would bench a player if he's not playing well. I didn't see that out of Wade Phillips. You know, they had their stars. They were locked into their positions. If these guys weren't going to get a chance unless somebody got hurt, uh, something drastic happened. I'm glad to see that. Now you know what kind of bench you have. Now you know what kind of backup you have. It, and like I said, these guys were playing for their job. You know, so that's what I saw. I'm still critical of them, but I see a better, a better team. Rick, you think it was as simple as Gary being able to motivate this team and and basically being stern enough to say, hey, if you ain't gonna play, you are gonna sit on the bench. You think that was a big well, difference? I'm sure with with Garrett attitude, you know, that he went in, you know, to the guys and tried to make some kind of statement. Now, I don't believe that whatever that statement was, that it, it could change a team like that overnight. I think it was, you know, really in the cards for the Cowboys to go out there and, and play as well as they did. And I think a lot of that has to do with the firing of Wade Phillips. You know, I mean, because 
think about it. You know, once a change like that is made, you know, at the head, there's got to be more changes coming. Got to be. It's natural. I mean, that's, that's just how it happens. And, you know, I'm sure some guys, I agree with Royce, I'm sure some guys was out there like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. And they just gave it that that extra oomph and went out there and did that. Hopefully they can sustain something like that for the rest of the year. Right. Well, it's going to be the question if they can sustain it. But let's just say, and let's just say, because Royce know how excited I was on Sunday when they won this game. Well, let's just, say, let's just say that this team, and this is a great hyper. This is a pure hypothetical question. But let's say this team gets, gets gets towards the end of the season. So they get hot. They win four more games in a row. Okay, so they got basically two more games left in the season. They can win out, get in the playoffs. Romo comes back. He, he's, he's ready to play. But Kenton has been lightening up the way he did on Sunday. Do you put Romo back in or you leave Kenton in there? And, Rick, I got to ask please. you first because I know you're a homer. Man, please. You know, you you already know how that goes. You know, when Romo comes back, whenever he's ready, he's going to play if it means anything, you know, for the Cowboys season the rest of this year. You know, I don't care how many games they win in a row. They can win the next six and then Romo come back. You know, if Romo is ready to play, he's going to get out there. Believe it. Jerry is going to make sure that happens. I don't care who the coach is. The question is – if they go out there and they win the next four games in a row, will Jason Garrett still be the head coach next year? You know, that I don't think. I think he would have to go out there and win out. I think Jerry Jones is kind of set on on making a change unless he go out here and get off the hype for Jason Garrett if Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. you know, don't win all these games. I think I think Garrett should be the coach next year. I think he should have a, a legitimate chance to put a team together that's got his imprint on it versus just having a coach. Uh, a team that's already already there. I think he I think he should be the coach next year, at least have a chance to be the coach if he can have a winning record for the last half of the season. But even and if maybe, think that Ken, even if Ken is playing lights out and he's winning ball games for you, I mean, do you do you think that they have to go with Romo regardless? I mean, even if Jerry's going to do it regardless of what what we think, but what do you think is the right move? You think it's still going to be the right move to put Romo in? If if Kidna is, is lighting it up, you know, me personally, I would still go with Romo too. Mm. I think Romo is just simply a better quarterback. Now, it depends on how good Romo has been, you know, looking and practicing and all that. But if Romo is healthy, I would go with Romo. You know, just if imagine the day that Romo could have had out there yesterday with that offensive line playing like that. Boy, please. Well, he had his chance. He did he have, his chance. He have, his, that, he have his chances with that offensive line playing like that, though. I, I say this. If, if Kidna wins the next four or five games, you got to go with the guy that brought you to the dance. I mean, we don't even know if Romo, if he does come back, you know, if there's some lasting effect on it. But if they win four games in the world, apparently Kidna has a rapport with these guys, you know what I mean, that they didn't have. I wouldn't take him out. I, I mean, you know, uh, Romo had plenty of chances. He had the same line. He, you know, he played good. But that's just me personally, you know. But, you know, if you know the San Diego every year, I always win their last eight games. And they always make it to the playoffs. They they, are, they start off terrible. Cowboys can do that. Now, I, I, I think Jerry Jones, if he got to that point, 
from the season he's had this year, I, I, you have to go with Kidna. That's my yeah, personal opinion. I, yeah, and and it all depends on what it means, you know, for the team. If the team is is winning and they're in a position to get into the playoffs, Romo is coming in. I know you could bet your bottom dollar on that. But is that the right? I know, I know, Jerry's gonna make that's this final decision. But, is, but is that the right move? The, if, yeah, if me the, personally, if that's what I would do. Too. Have, I would go. If I would the go with Romo too. That much chemistry for to to overcome one and seven to finally start playing. If they've jailed as a team uh, more so than they've done at the beginning of the season, is that the right move? I mean, chosen. What do you think? Is that the right move to put Romo back in if Kidna goes the next four or five games on a hot streak? Well. I, I still say Romo is is, is unproven, and if Kidna is the one that gets you to the big shake, then you got to let him keep shaking. I mean, yeah, at I this point in the season, with Tony Romo coming back, um, it's, it would definitely be a rushed effort. And, I mean, you know, right. when you fracture your shoulder bone, take the rest of the season off, come back. Right. You know, I personally, and, and a lot of Cowboy fans, and I am, I consider myself one of the greatest Cowboy fans of all time. I think for you the know. greatest interest of, of of the team, you let Kidna finish out the season, you know, don't win any more than four games, come out big in the draft, and then bring Romo back next year. <laughs> that well, that's sounds like a plan. Right there, man. <laughs> that's wishful thinking. But that's, 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 that's a good question. But but honestly, I mean, that's you got to think about that. That's not far-fetched. You got to think about that. In my opinion, if Kidna gets you to the playoffs, you you, you stay with Kidna. I mean, that's just my opinion. Because you got to think about it. Romo, we didn't know what Romo was going to do until um, until uh, Drew Blesso got hurt. He came in, and even though Blesso had a chance to come back in the game, once he got better, they they stayed with Romo because Romo was hot. And that's how the things happen in the NFL. I mean, when Tom Brady came in for Bledsoe when he got hurt in New England, they didn't go right. back to Bledsoe. They they stay with Tom Brady. They stay with the chemistry of the team. Those are two different situations, though. I mean, sure, they both, they both had because of one was injury and one was, you know, just because he was playing bad, but they went older for younger. You know, they're not going to go uh, younger for older like that. They won't do you that with kids. what I'm saying is – what I'm saying is Kidna's got the offense playing. If Kidna's winning, if Kidna wins four games in a row after this right. game, that means he's won five straight. If Kidna wins five straight, he's been able to do some of the offense that Roma it. have been able to do all season for the first seven it. games. Right. You, you, stay, you, you, you stay with Kidna. But if Romo is healthy, yes, I'm if saying. Romo he's is healthy, he's playing simple put. Healthy. Romo's got to come in, man. <laughs> Romo is coming in. No, I don't know about I'm telling you. No, no, no. If he's healthy, Romo, I'm telling you, he's no. gonna he's gonna be there, and I would no. do that too. No, hmm. I I don't agree with that. And you play I'm on a limb, man. I'm I'm on a limb by myself, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going it's more than like that's what's gonna happen, but you know, I, I what I've seen this year, I've seen starters being bent, I've seen uh all kind of stuff in the NFL, so you know, it won't be unusual, but you got to go with the one that brought you to the dance. That's just that's the old saying, it's tried and true. 
If he's hot, he went five in a row. And say Tony does come back and you lose, what is it? I mean, how does that look? Then you got to make some decisions about Romo. Right. That's well, what that is. If Kendall wins five games in a row, you got to make a decision about Romo then. Right. If Kenneth does what Romo can't do, you got to make a decision about that. I'm not talking, I mean, I'm talking about Romo for the long haul, though. You know, this, I, am too. I don't care what Kenneth do this year. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what he do this year. I mean, it's no question where Romo is going to be at. But if Romo gets the opportunity to come back in and he spoils the situation, you know, and he they can't get to the playoffs because of Romo, interceptions everywhere, you know, you got to make some decisions about Romo for the long haul. That's true. That's true. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but congratulations on the Cowboys' win. I mean, they did pull it off, 33-20 over the uh, New York Giants. Des Bryant, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to make it to the Pro Bowl, man. Just keep playing like you're playing. Keep letting Kenneth throw you the ball, and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right. Well, I, I got questions for you, Cowboys fans. <laughs> I got questions for you, Cowboys fans. What are y'all going to do when y'all play Philly? Oh, it's going to be a good show. I don't know what we're going to do to play Philly, but y'all tune in when they do. Cause we're gonna, it's going to be a we good show. Right there. <laughs> we don't, we don't be a good that. show. We it's going to be a good that. show. We're going to have we're gonna have some Philly callers on there, and I know for sure. Oh, Before yeah, we start the program, yeah. though, real quick, I got to bring on another caller real fast. Cause I got a, I got a huge question I got to ask this guy. Uh, now, this guy is a long-time listener, calls every now and then, but when he calls, it's always on time. So let me welcome him to the program. Uh, you're live on the R Sports Radio Show. What's going on, man? Facetown Joe. There he is. There he is. Uh, Houston Joe. Yeah, Houston yeah, Joe. Yeah. First and foremost. Hey man, man I like I like to ask you real quick, real fast. I thank you for calling in. Yeah. Have y'all started learning how to tip the ball down? Oh, <laughs> that, are y'all working on that drill? Yeah, Can y'all tip the ball That's down? Big. Not 100% his fault, so I'm not putting it on him. 
I mean, right. in the I way, way, way. Give, give, give the boy credit for getting up and, and, and trying right. to make a play. Right. I mean, right. I, I right. actually pitched yeah, yeah, to win that game. I thought they would be able to, to, to bring that out. But, I mean, that was just unfortunate. It just wasn't in the cards for Houston, man, because, you know, the boy did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, now I see that was like a one in a million chance of happening like that, you know, so. Right. Yeah. I got a question for you, Joe. What's going on What's with that? this Houston Oilers team, man? I said Houston Oilers. Oh, you with there with all right now, but you know what I mean, the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, okay. But uh, this, I, I, I really don't know, and I, hopefully, uh, hopefully I didn't speak this into existence, but I don't know if y'all mm-hmm. remember back when we was getting ready to play the Colts that second yeah. time around, and I was like, you know right. what, this is really going to be an indicator for the rest right. of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, you see what happened. So hopefully right. I didn't speak all this into existence. So, I mean, you guys are coming off your first, uh, you know, winning season last year going 9-7. to seven, But you know, right now you're looking more like back to that 8-8 eight and eight level. I mean, are you thinking that yeah. they're going to kick it in the gear? I mean, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the season? Your, your defense is still getting up, giving up a lot of points, especially the secondary. Yeah, it's a young secondary, man. And the offense is on point. But, uh, right. it, but, but without the defense, you can't do it, man. It's, you right. really can't do it. And I don't know, I was talking to some friends. I was talking to some friends over the weekend, and I was saying, like, you know, Enron uh, went bankrupt in 2001, and then the Texans' first season was 2002. So it's like Enron was reincarnated <laughs> into the Texans, and now this is karma. This payback for everything that happened. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, that's an interesting observation, man. We have to we have to take that for what it is and run with that one big time. <laughs> now, what about these? Now, we talk a lot of NBA on the show now. We do a lot of coverage with the Mavs and everything. And I had, uh, I don't know if you saw or listened to last uh, Thursday's show, but we had a huge uh, Houston Rockets fan and, um, and uh, Bill Ingram with HoopsWorld.com. He's a huge Rockets fan. You can follow him on Twitter at, at the Rocket Guy, and he talks a lot about the Rockets. Now, I mean, what's the deal? I mean, I know Yao Ming is 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 fragile as always. We don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, you guys got to got to step it up, man. You got the Hornets. You got uh, you got uh, Dallas, of course. They just beat the Hornets. You got some good teams in the West, Oklahoma City. What you guys gonna do, man, about that Rockets team? That's a good question, man. It's like I kind of I think this year. It's going to be more so. I think the, the Rockets are in a, a reconstruction mode right now, mm-hmm. really trying to figure out their identity and and where to go from here. Because at first it was like the whole always it's, it's uh, Yao Ming, you know, it's Yao Ming's team. But of course that's not the case. So I think they're kind of going through an identity crisis right now, trying to figure out who they are and where to go. So I think it's it's a reconstruction period for the Rockets right now. So. Yeah, well, we go. Well, stay in tune with us, man. Stay on the show, man. Hopefully, we can talk about a, a Texas win uh, next Tuesday, man. Hopefully so. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, yeah, the Mavs are doing. They, they handing people their first losses of the season. Uh, yeah, right here, man. They, they, they're not looking bad. Okay, we, we're gonna have. I want you to come on when they play the Rockets too. Yeah. Who the, who the, who the Texans? Who the Texans got this week? Oh, uh, we got the Jets. 
How you like that game? You going with the Texans? So I know oh, how to I'm pick. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the Texans, man. Mm. There you go. Be real with it. There you go. Like I said, I'm going with the Texans. It's like this. They, they. I think they realize now. You know, like, look, we we just lost three in a row. We're a better team than how we're playing right now. They need to get that confidence up and, and get in these young players' head and get some some veteran guidance to them. You know. So they can have that confidence too, because once that defense catches up with the offense, it's gonna be a beast. Yeah, yeah, we'll hope so, man. But thanks for calling in, man, and we'll be talking to you pretty soon, man. Don't forget to call in next week, man, as we talk about a, a, another Texans loss uh, to the Jets. <laughs> so we'll be looking for your for your expert expertise on that loss. Yeah, I don't know if that's what we'll be talking about, but I will call <laughs> in. Though. Okay. All right. <laughs> All thank right, you, man. Uh, yeah. And uh, that that does it for another show from us, man, the R Sports Radio Show. The show is growing and growing and growing in big numbers. I want to thank everyone involved. Rick, you know you know how much of a contribution you are to the show. Royce, you know you're my co-host, man. You're my co-pilot on this thing, so I want to thank you as well. Chosen, I want to thank you for calling in uh, and being on the show with us today. And, of course, you got to call in and pick with us on Thursday, man. You can't keep running from these picks. You can't keep doing that, man. <laughs> better, you better help him out, Chosen. You better you know, help him out. He, he, he's sick, you got it. You got it. You got it. And, uh, Rick, you know, you did win the picks this week by one game. So so go ahead and thank the Ferris real quick. <laughs> I mean, I told you I'm going to be saying this week after week, bro. I mean, I got this, Chosen. I done told you you need to come and help him out, man. Yo, hey, hey why well, put you like this? I'll put it like this. We will see you on Thursday. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so if y'all, we'll, we'll see y'all guys on Thursday, same time, same channel. Of course, if you're downloading the show, stay in contact at rsportsradio.blogspot.com. And, you know, on a Thursday show, is our huge pick show. We will be joined by a guest. We got Steven coming on from takeittothehoop.com. I'll talk a little bit, a little bit of hoops. We do that a lot on Thursdays as well, too. So you guys stay tuned. Thank y'all for listening to the show. And uh, we end this uh, win this off with a quick rap right quick, y'all, from one of our fans. So go ahead, Coach, take it away. My name is Coach, and I'm here to say RF Sports is here to stay. We got RF and we got Royce. Definitely your sports choice. And we out, y'all. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.